Hey, everybody. Welcome to BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast for beauty, barbering, and wellness professionals looking for successful, sustainable, and satisfying careers. Every Sunday, we feature brilliant professionals from across the industry offering their best advice on a variety of topics. I'm Gordon Miller, CEO of BeautyCast Network and your podcast host. And today, we are here with a good friend and, and more importantly, an iconic figure in the professional beauty industry, Sam Bracato, an educator, business owner, entrepreneur, one of the most respected and I'll say beloved figures in the entire pro beauty industry. Welcome to the Mastering Beauty Podcast, my friend, Sam Bracato. Wow. Hey, Gordon, it's great to be here. I'm super excited and, and I'm glad to know that people like me because hairdressers often we like to be like. <laughs> yes, yes. So much truth to that. So much truth to that. So I'm excited to have you here and we're going to do some best advice talk because that's really what this podcast is about. But first, um, we've got to do the, the quick version of, of what you're doing today. And let me, let me preface that by saying you've pretty much done everything that someone could do in the beauty industry, um, starting with, with learning to be one of the greatest hairdressers in, in the world earlier in your career, but a uh, salon owner, you know, again, behind the chair, stylist forever. We'll chat about that in a second. School owner, manufacturer, uh, manufacturer again. Um, and, and I'm sure much more than I'm leaving out, including educator, author. Uh, <laughs> the list is so long. Yeah, I, I, you know what, sometimes I just can't stop. I just can't help myself. I keep going. But I will say, I woke up early this morning looking forward to this conversation. And I just love being alive, Gordon. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just love. I mean, I'm just excited. And uh, even after 54 years in the in the industry, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Well, and you and I talk a lot about technology. And I love that a couple of older guys can, can have this conversation and, 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 and be so, I, I, I'll, I'll brag on both of us and say attuned, you know, to what is happening around us. When a lot of people, we were chatting before we got started, you know, we both are running into people across all generations who aren't that interested or paying attention or, or maybe are fearful of technology today more than ever and, and just kind of putting their heads in the sand. And, and you and I are, are having a blast trying to figure out what it all means for us. Yeah, I, I went into a deep dive. I'm reading roughly about a book every 10 days that, that's almost 100% around AI or, or technology, just so I have a really good, deep understanding of, of exactly or as much as possible what's going on, particularly as it relates to the hair salon and the beauty industry at large. I mean, my, my gut is, and I, I, we've talked about this some, but I want to get a quick response from you, is that big picture, I think all the thought leaders, the smartest people I've paid attention to for a long time who, who seem to be right more often than not are like, yes, it's going to fundamentally change the world that we live in. Um, robots are not going to take hairdressers jobs, any, at least in our lifetimes and, and well beyond, and maybe never. Um, but the stuff that we've always been challenged with, understanding business, you know, understanding the math of the beauty industry, understanding, you know, just a lot of the kind of hardcore businessy things, not the creative stuff, not the things of, about touching people. It's it has a potential to make this industry so much better. Yeah, so much better. And it, it's going to make it more competitive, too, because there's a t level of intelligence that's going to be uh, drawn into the industry mm -hmm. because it is it, 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 it is it's low hanging fruit in some ways because it's such a, a moat around the beauty industry as it relates to being being able to stay uh, in the world technology and really functional. I, th I think that, that everyone should look when I was a kid and starting off at, back a long time ago, I would get up at six o'clock in the morning, drive over to my CPA's office 
and spend an hour with him trying to explain what the hell a balance sheet was and what a P&L was. And I would do that sometimes. I'm not exaggerating. Three times in one week I would go. And it was like nailing a nail in my head. I just couldn't. It took me forever to get it. And now you have the ability to sit here with with the technology in front of you and just start writing. Please explain to me, you know, because I think the whole thing about natural language is, is so super important to, you know, speaking to chat, not like we were talking about earlier. On. But anyway, yeah, great opportunity. What fascinates me, it, it has the ability by the way that we communicate with it to communicate back with us in a way that we could receive it okay. Meaning, you know, if, if I, I feel like a certain type of language, a use of language is better for me, I learn better. I want it to be more metaphorical. I want it to be more simplistic. I want it to be more complicated. It, it, it takes those cues from us and it, that, it's just game changing. You can say you could you can say to it or write a type in a very simple sentence and go back and say now say that back to me in Spanish slowly yes. and because you you set up the prompt you can literally try to learn a language like that I exactly mean, you know you can prompt it and say give me all the paperwork details that I'll need to open a hair salon and it'll do it in three seconds. We start every conversation the same, which is asking you um, for a piece of advice that someone else has given you across your lifetime, across your career, that has kind of helped you um, in some ways to have a, a better, longer, you know, more satisfying career. One of the most important things, and this is very low-hanging fruit, is it was obviously a, a huge a focus on education and knowledge. Um, being able to speak to your guest in a way that they, they recognize that your vocabulary is more than 180 words. And that way, there's a level of, of intelligence that's important to what we do as we communicate with people. And then the, the second piece of advice was never think you're as high as you can be because, you know, you're, I, back in my day, I was doing four or $500 a day in the 70s, and, and I met someone that was doing $3,400 a day. Mm. And my head blew up. My head blew open because I was like, "Oh my God, look at the possibilities here!" So it's probably the best advice I I ever really got was kind of from a number of different people was look, always stay curious, always stay interested in what the possibilities are, and be open minded um, as it relates to your worldview in your craft. That means the way you cut hair, the way you color hair, the way you charge for it, where you do it, how, all those things. they very focused and open-minded. Yeah, I love that. This is really, really good advice. All right. So now kind of a riff off of that, I guess, would be I want to talk about kind of some bullet points of, of like big success drivers that no matter where you are in your career, that you want to make sure that you're have this kind of in the in the back of your brain always that that it does matter that we shouldn't lose sight of it because i do think having long careers it, it is easy to lose sight of some of the most important things that we should never you know um, kind of take our eyes off of so any thoughts around that as a kind of a starting bullet i guess the idea that you have to be obsessively uh attentive to your customer slash guest in the salon is an absolutely must have must do but the idea that you shouldn't be as obsessively attentive to your own needs and, and desires and uh, for your own enrichment is equal. So that give and take between you and your guests, you have to make sure that you're, if you walk in the salon, you're paying attention to the guest. 
If you see something on the floor, you pick it up because the cast will see it and think you're sloppy. So I would say that attentiveness is super important, but it isn't, you know, just that because one day you'll wake up in 20 years, 30 years have passed and you've worn yourself out, given everything you had to the guest and you have nothing left for yourself. So the, I would add a bullet point would be always live below your means, particularly in the earliest stages of your career. I've never heard anybody talk about it the way you're talking about it right now. And I think it's, it's, it's so simple in, in a sense, yet wrapped around big ideas that it's just freaking brilliant. Yeah, well, I, I guess for most people, I mean, if your health is good and, 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 you, um, and you're pretty much happy with your relationships, whether it's whatever it may be in your relationships, then what drives things is money. Uh, so much we have to pay to live wherever we are. It doesn't stop costing us. Even if you own a home and it's paid off, you still have to pay all of the other stuff. So the idea of happiness is goes back to that old, you know, the seven things that you got to take care of in your life, education, health, and all that. But money is such a big component that living below your means and understanding that and, 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 and is a piece of how you take care of yourself um, beyond the fact that, you know, you can ask the people that work with me. I get up not every day, but almost every day between five and six. I walk down the street and I go to the gym for an hour. I do that for me. And it's just what I do. And I will tell you after all these years that muscles have memories and your body can't be depreciated the way we can depreciate the value of our home or something we own. And the government gives us a kickback. Uh, it doesn't. It depreciates, and you have to live with that depreciation. So you better take care of it. I hate to preach, but it's, it's a good one because it's a physically demanding industry. As someone who doesn't do hair but has been hanging with hairdressers for forty years, I'm just always kind of blown away. Especially anybody who's been at it for more than ten years and still doing it well, um, that they can keep up with the physical demands as as we get older. And, and almost always, it's someone like you who's like, yeah, and I and I go to the gym and I or I do yoga or I do stretching or you know the long list of things that they do to take care of of them, you know, and their bodies. Keep moving, keep moving, you know, I mean, really keep moving, not just kind of keep moving, keep moving. If it's two miles a day, you're walking or whatever, keep moving, you know, go like I took the garbage out this morning and instead of taking the elevator, I, I walked down five flights of stairs into the basement in the building and I walked back up five, fl- five flights. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I use the stairs, especially <laughs> during the winter. Often I go up and down the stairs and don't even leave the building just to get, use those stairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go back to the living below your means. It's a really huge idea. You know, I, I had, a, I, I think it was during pandemic where I had this kind of looking at myself and where I was financially in life. And I had this moment was I was watching a video actually of a younger person who had made a decision to save 30% of their income. Um, always that, that was, and they've been doing it for several years and they were talking about the results of it. And I was like, damn, if I had done that, if only I had done that, or if only if I had consistently saved, you know, 15 plus percent every single year, how would my life be different today? And when you do that math in retrospect, it's shocking and, 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 you know, wish I could rewind the clock and, and, and start that savings kind of philosophy. You know, for me, I was lucky because when I was a very young kid, the credit cards were just starting off and, I had been opened my salon. I thought I got to keep all the cash. I took the cash. I put mm. it, brought it home. I put it under the mattress. I brought my <laughs> girlfriend at the time over. I lifted the mattress up and she'd go, wow. And I had what would be the equivalent of 30 something thousand dollars 
And the next day or so, her mom comes in to get a haircut, and she happened to be a realtor. And she says, uh, you know, Sam, uh, my daughter told me you had this money under your mattress, and I want to show you what you should do with it. So I was lucky that I stumbled on that idea very early on, and I basically lived to do hair um, and and buy real estate. That was just – and so – but here's a, here's a rule of thumb that can help. There's all kinds of stuff available now for people to save and stuff, but – my rule of thumb is in each category is that at least one, if not two events happen a year that move the, the ball forward for you financially. And whether it's like for me, if I only were on this podcast with you, Gordon, for the, the year of 2023, that would be the single thing I did that would be the most important thing I did for my career and for my, my outfacing to the beauty industry. This would be that event. So what did I do financially? Did I start buying some stock? You know, Holly said to me the other day, I told her about two years ago, you need to just quietly put away a small amount of money and invest it in this thing. Every And recently, the other day, she said to me, you know, I hadn't looked at this in a long time, but look how much it, look how much it grew in 24 months. And I don't want to overdo it, but that's have events, decide what are the events that encompass your life. You know, they're health events, they're they're their money events, their relationship events, their professional events. And those events that are those activities have to have events attached to them every year that you that you fine tune and you move forward. And as years go by, it takes less because, you know, you're you got the train moving. It's going down the track. They all say it takes 50 people to get an empty cart on a train moving on the rail, but it only takes two or three to keep it moving. So once you get in front of the money on the what I call the right side of the money, guy, it's just so much more comfortable. And that doesn't mean you're going to be rich. You know, I'll end with this. Being wealthy means you work because you want to. If you if you have forty thousand dollars a year in in expenses and you and you have passive income of sixty thousand dollars, hey man, you're rich. (laughs) You're wealthy. You don't have to work if you don't want to. And so. That's the keep your costs low. That way you'll get there faster. Also want you to kind of comment on, you know, when I think about money, big picture, you know, we go out, we do what we do every day for work and, and we, we get paid, you know, one, one way or another. And then we look at that money and it's like, okay, now I got to live my life. I got to pay my rent. I got to buy my food. I got I to I gotta take the dog to daycare, <laughs> whatever, whatever the list is for each of us, you know, and it's, it's like, there's that. And then there's also making the choice to take some of that money and use it to make more money because they're, on the expense side, we're just getting through life. And on the, the more money side, you know, and if I've learned anything from people who were good with money is that they really think hard about how do I take some of my money and turn it into more money? And so talk about that for a moment. Well, first off, one of the oldest sayings is pay yourself first. So it, when, the, when the money comes in, Put it aside for yourself first. And if you have a hard time not touching that money, put it somewhere where you basically can't touch it. I don't mm-hmm. know, buy a bond. Right now is a great time to buy bonds. Yeah, they're like yep. 5%. You're <laughs> really good. So you got a hundred bucks or whatever it is, buy, buy it now. It'd be a great time. Um, so pay yourself first is, is number one. Don't let, you know, don't let the people around you push you to do and make acquisitions that you really don't need to. You don't have to have that watch 
Yep. You don't, I mean, you're my phone. I don't wear a watch. I have an old watch collection from back in my crazy spending more days. Yeah, yeah. But so, so you don't have to have certain things that you don't need. And um, don't spend the money on it. Don't be impulsive. It, you know, it's sort of like writing that FU uh, email to someone. Yes, write it. But guess what? Put it in the hold box yes. and don't send it for a day or two or three and reread it and say, now, should I have really told the people across the hall to go ask themselves? Right. No. <laughs> Good advice. So, so I think and, and I think if you work out every day and if you're serious about uh, money, and I wouldn't think of it as retirement necessarily, necessarily, but living a very long life with all the things that you need fulfilled, I would I would suggest that every day it's five minutes or it's 15 minutes. And you, you know, you could go and chat and say, give me 10 things that I need to do or seven things I every single day to make sure my financial health is in place. And then, you know, and it's just an infinite amount of information. I, I've said a million times what I wouldn't have give, given when my mind was much younger highly active, super active. And I had so many ideas and so many questions. What I wouldn't have given to have that brilliant, brilliant people around me, which is I, I obviously chat GPT. So money is, is really about organizing and staying on message for yourself. Be prepared, be prepared for the down, the bad times. You know, you know, if you can't pay your bills for a year, People, a lot of people say 90 days, six months. I'm sorry. No, if you can't pay your bills for a year, you need to get to work on that first. What does it cost me to live? Where is that money sitting to protect me? And beyond that, I start saving and investing. Draw a line in the dirt. Well, you know, we don't probably like to talk about it much anymore, but, you know, we came through that crazy pandemic era, you know, and, and a lot of stuff happened, a lot of lessons learned. Um, and someone said, you know, from a beauty industry specific perspective, like what, Pick one, like what's the most important lesson that was learned? To me, for so many people, it was like, be ready next time by having enough savings to, to weather whatever the storm is that might be coming. And too many people in this industry failed to weather that storm just because they had not saved money before the event happened. And going forward, I'm like, that's a huge, we, we all need to have some cushion in our lives. Shit happens. You know, Gordon, I, 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 to tell you back in the, uh when we were talking on uh, Clubhouse a lot, I was shocked. I was shocked by some of the people that talked about how they didn't have anything and they were trying to figure it out. The, the magnitude of that, I mean, you know, it really surprised me. I felt really bad because some of the people that said it are people that have worked their asses off forever. And they're not so, they're people that you would know that are high profile people and they didn't even, they hadn't even bought their first home or something. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, you can make an argument never to buy a house. Don't get me wrong or buy real estate, but, it, but you can't make an argument not to take that same down payment and put it to work in the stock market or, or whatever it may be. You, that argument is not accessible. You have to do something. It isn't all, you're not going to always have the same energy, the same ideas, the same passion and all that. You need to be prepared. And, and I will tell you the safest place in the world, the happiest place in the world for me personally, the honeypot of my life has always been the hair salon. And that's why I stuck with it. I, I don't like to play like I'm smarter than I am. Sometimes I think I'm really smart and I realize, no, you're not that smart. You need to. <laughs> so yeah, have a plan. Good stuff. 
I'm going to go back to where you kind of started mentioning education because we talk about it so much. I mean, anybody who really has been around watches, you know, who's successful, who's not, and kind of digs into the weeds. Education is always part of the story, always. It's it's like pretty much unheard of that anybody's had a long career who doesn't consistently find something to keep them inspired. And more often than not, it's education as well as the chance to learn, not just be inspired. So talk about that. Like, how, how do you over time? you know, um, make sure that you're getting whatever it is you need educationally. And how important is it? Well, um, for me, the one, as you know, one thing I've done consistently since 1979 is every single year I've been a member of Interclafur. So for me, that's kind of my low-hanging fruit of I know I'm going to see, hear, and do things around the Interclafur family that's important to me. Just give a quick explanation of what is Interclafur. Intercoffee America Canada is a membership of around 250 A members, we're called salon owners. Uh, it's a global organization and it was started in the 20s in, in um, France and uh, Germany. And uh, every year we have two meetings. We have a business sort of meeting where we talk about the functionality of salons that are commission salons, uh, payroll based salons. Um, and then uh, every year we have more of a fashion event. Uh, generally, it's in New York City and has been mostly for years. Occasionally, it's in the wonderful city of Chicago. So that, that's what Intercoffure. You can go to uh, intercoffure.com and you can take a look at it. And it's great information. there. It's been the best thing for me. Uh, I, coming into it, I learned so much. So many people. You can pick up the phone and call people all over the country go drive to their salons, fly out and go to them. We have events. Now we have regional events. There are like only 30 or so people um, that are in attendance at, at the events and they're put on by a salon owner that's like maybe in Wisconsin or somewhere. So there's a proliferation of things. So that's what Incopier is. And, and before we keep going, because we're, you know, again, we're talking about education and how important it is. So that on your list of things you might do or recommend to others do is, is that consistent, like, okay, this is on my calendar. Like I'm, I'm committed. I'm an Intercoffee member every year, at least twice. I'm going to go get, get myself some in-person education. Yes. I, I absolutely prior, prioritize it uh, ahead of everything. I've, I've um, served on the board. As a matter of fact, for the first time in all my years, I've been on the board now, I think I've been on the board five or six years and I'm just getting ready to end my tenure on the board which was really the biggest thing for me because I do think one of the secrets of great education is teaching or, or giving back, you know, however you look at it. Uh, working on the board where you don't get paid or anything, it's a lot of giving back. It's a lot of work, but a lot to be learned. So, yeah, I put it on my calendar. And then, if, you know, Gordon, I, I, I have other things that I, um, you know, I pay monthly to several, two or three other uh, industry-related things that I choose to support and pay pretty close attention to because because I think they're, the information they're sharing is, is really solid. I try to dodge too much product-related stuff, uh, unless it's tools and, and actually something that actually makes the hair look and feel a certain way and, and, and makes guests look and feel a certain way. Um, but yeah. What about, what about the, for younger people? Well, this will be across generations, I guess, if you're if you are regularly behind the chair on the technical side as a person's career is progressing. How do you stay engaged with that? So I started off when uh, I 
when YouTube really started ramping up, I started creating a, a little curriculum around YouTube videos. And then at, back in the day, this thing called Hairbrain started coming along and I added that to it. And then, you know, the BTC stuff, I started really kind of enveloping all that and not only using it personally, where I'll go in and look at the way, you know, they're doing a new shape, a new style, whatever, but I hand it over to the people that are in, in our salon. We've got almost 50 people in our one salon. And so that's kind of one of the ways. Um, be careful. You know, when I listen to anything, I want to know that who I'm listening to, listening to knows what they're talking about. So if I want to hear a lecture about money, I want to go to Wharton School of Business and I want to listen to their one of their top uh, uh, professors. If I want to listen, so I want to make sure that I'm going to the source. And I know I'm leaving out names of people that I probably could easily add that are really fabulous educators. Um, but that's how I do it. I, I, I go online. I go to shows a little bit, not like I used to, but you just don't have to quite as much, in my opinion. Uh, if you've been in the business as long as I have, it's a little easier to pick up on. Like, you know, I think the biggest thing about education, though, is this. You need to always give your best into the work that you do. I did a haircut on Sunday one week ago on my wife, Holly. And a guy, a guy was standing there, Leonardo, who, who works in our salon, and he is a world-class haircutter stylist. He does lots of celebrities and all. And I knew, and I was joking with him, I knew that he knew where I was cutting corners, so I didn't cut corners. <laughs> I knew that he knew that I was, the, everything I was doing, that he knew, and so I didn't do it. So how do you always have a little Leo or Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder that always says, nope, you know, that's not the way to do it, you know? Uh, you got to do it really by the book. That's so good. <laughs> Self-discipline. But by the way, by the way, and I'm not kidding you, all week, among 38 women at the spa, we were at the spa for Beauty Week, Holly got so many compliments. Her haircut was a talk and it's a very short uh, bob and uh, she, all week. And it was a beautiful haircut. I kept looking at it going, wow, that's really a good job. <laughs> but part of it was because I knew that I was being watched. And, and shame on me to, to a certain degree. But you know what? You have to create that level of self-discipline um, that nobody can, you know, nobody, nobody can totally do it for you. You have to, you have to really want it. And I, I'll go back to what you said a moment ago about just education and, and, and uh, you didn't use this word necessarily, but, but kind of vetting your, your sources, like knowing, like you mentioned Wharton, which is renowned as a, as a place for business education and financial information and education. And like, they've got the reputation, they're solid. You know, you mentioned hair, you hairbrained, you know, which I proudly ran for five years, you know, again, really solid education from the day that hairbrained started, you know, 12 or so years ago. And, and so, you know, the the larger industry has helped vet that you know you don't have to dig into the weeds forever you know people talk about you know that we we kind of are the sum of the people we hang with and i think that's a, a great idea but we hang online a lot and i don't think we talk enough about that 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 now goes into your equation because you're hearing these things and you're internalizing this information and so you gotta you gotta vet your sources well i'll tell you i i literally before i do a client the guests in the phone I'll I'll go on. I'll look on our software. I'll see if they what their history is. I make sure every detail I can about them. I try if I've seen them before and I know them. 
I will sometimes even go in and look at something that's a cut similar or a shape similar and maybe look for additional inspiration so that I'm staying currently very fresh. And, you know, it's sort of like I remember listening to the Rolling Stones when I was a kid and Keith Richards riffing away. And and then all of a sudden one day I, I heard Guns N' Roses and I thought, holy shit. Flash is just a modern key. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, it, and I could do, I could keep going on the music thing because I'm a music fanatic. But my point is, it doesn't change totally. It doesn't even change a whole, whole lot, but it changes. And those subtle changes are where modern, what, where you stay fresh and modern. It's in the little incremental dialing. You know, like they say about the airplane, it starts off out of San Diego Sunday morning way too early. And <laughs> by the time he's up in the air, he's already or she's already dialing in the, the heading because it's been blown off course a little bit. So you keep dialing in the heading, but you need to have a destination. A destination is mastery. Destination is really wanting to be relevant and really good with the work you do and being willing to let go of the old bullshit and things that you used to believe and used to do and people used to want and know that maybe that there is a guest sitting in the chair that's just trying to hold you back. They don't want you to move forward. That, that's all that is part and parcel to doing the good work that ends up being beautiful. Damn, that's good. I'm going to be very unfair to you in, in this next moment because I don't know how you really top that, but, but I always end with the same question, which is, which is your best advice, you know, for, for the audience that, you know, something that, that you want to share as, as we begin to close up, um, you know, it's going to help them again, have a long, sustainable, successful and satisfying career. Well, I can only selfishly say that I surround myself with the things that made me happy within seven feet of me is at least one guitar that I strum occasionally, you know, maybe it's that, uh, the exercise I do, the nutrition I'm interested in, all these things make up Sam. And my advice is spend a lot of time getting a hold on an understanding on who you are, being present, really paying attention to your emotions. If at some point you don't find that your happy space, is behind the chair and doing hair, then you need to find the adjustment. I hear people say, well, you need to start stepping away from the chair. I totally disagree with that. I set up myself to be a, a, a doctor of hair, and I'm going to practice for as long as I can. Uh, my wife goes to a, a doctor that's 91 years old, and she's amazing. So my advice is stay at it, keep fine-tuning. Um, and, and you said it earlier. Be careful who you hang around with. Every day after work doesn't mean you should go to the bar and hang out with everybody. Maybe you should go walk in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole lot of good advice. The last one I, I, I really love, you know, we've, we've all been talking about boundaries a lot. I think it's an important topic that maybe we never talked about enough. And, and, but as a workaholic, I've, I've always said, and I say it regularly here, but my boundary is happiness, you know, and I don't know that I have a whole lot of others, but when I boil it down, everything I'm doing, if I can get to happiness, I'm good, you know, and uh, so, so love your advice. Love your advice. So stay in the game. Stay in it. Stay keep, in it. Keep doing it. Can, can I tell you one quick thing? I heard, yeah. uh, uh, I heard this uh, interview the other day with, on Tim Ferriss, and he was, uh, he, asked, he was talking to the woman that wrote The Handmaiden's Tale, and he, he said to her, my God, you're so prolific. And she paused for a moment and she said, you know what, Tim? She said, I'm, I'm old. 
And, and he said, oh. And then she said, there are a lot of brilliant people that died very young that would have been as prolific as me if they would have had the opportunity to have the long career I've had. And that's part of how I look at it is that I'm, I want to stay in it and keep producing and generating. And I don't try to work in, in nanoseconds anymore. I spread it out and I enjoy the passage of time because I think that's the secret to life. Happiness in the passage of time. Yeah. Great spot to end. Great, great spot to end. I, I, uh, you know, I always appreciate getting to talk with you and even more importantly, you know, getting to talk with you and share it with, with the larger world. So yeah. um, huge, huge thanks for taking time today, Sam. Of course, Gordon. Tell, tell people where to follow you online, where to, where to you know, engage, where to, where to see what you're up to. You know, and you've got a, you know, an active life in the salon. So anywhere and everywhere, tell us. Yeah, so sambricottasalon.com is, uh, just go to our website, it's lovely. Look at our team, read some of the bios. It's such lovely people, super talented. And then mine is sambricotto, at sambricotto uh, on Instagram. Uh, I linked them to say I'm on Facebook. Um, I don't do a lot on Facebook. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not, not much at all. Um, and those are the best places to find me. That's the best place. And, and if you're in New York City, come by. And he means that. So, so come by the salon. We're down in Soho. And I recommend anybody who has a chance to be in San Bricado Salon do so. Um, as he, he mentioned, he, he loves to share and, and loves to connect with people. So I recommend that highly. I hope somebody takes, I hope somebody shows up one day and said, I heard you on the, on the Mastering Beauty podcast and I'm here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so again, a really big thank you to San Bricado. Um, if to our audience, I want to say, if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to leave a rating and or a review. Um, hit the subscribe button. Better yet, share it with a colleague. It's a great way to pay it forward in the industry and give this great information to more, to others. Um, be sure to follow us over at BeautyCast Network on, um, where are we? We are BeautyCast Network on Instagram. We are BeautyCast on Facebook. We're BeautyCastNetwork.com um, online. And um, lastly, uh, this has been the Mastering Beauty Podcast from BeautyCast Network. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. I'm Gordon Miller. And um, I'm thinking about all the things that Sam just said, and I could barely get my brain to calm down to end this podcast. But I'll say that I cannot wait to share more with you all next time. Mm -hmm.